In Israel, Operation Shield and Arrow has now begun. Israeli government has just assassinated five Islamic Jihad leaders in Gaza. Gaza has responded by launching over 800 missiles and rockets in the last few days into Israel, and the IDF has retaliated with 190 plus strikes in Gaza. The war in Gaza is on. More for you next. World Update starts now. Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Lion of Lamb Ministries. This is another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is May 12th of the year 2023. On Tuesday of this last week, Benjamin Netanyahu convened his Security Council. In Israel, there have been a series of random things taking place with Gaza and terrorists, specifically with the Islamic Jihad element that's in Gaza. And just so that everybody understands, Hamas is in Gaza. They're kind of in charge of the place. But there's this other minority group, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. They're the ones controlled by Iran. And they've been acting up in various places, not only in Gaza and in southern Israel, but also in the West Bank area. You've heard in recent weeks how the IDF has been going in and uprooting terrorist cells that are in the West Bank called the Lion's Den. Israel's continued to do that, and going back further, there was a Palestinian prisoner who went on a hunger strike. He killed himself, and so the Islamic Jihad has gotten upset about that, launched a couple of rockets. Israel realized that this is going to get to be a serious situation. So Netanyahu convened the security meeting. They know they're up against some very difficulties, great difficulties in Gaza. As a result of that security meeting, it was agreed, and they initiated Operation Shield and Arrow. And they basically immediately went in, this is on Tuesday of this week, and assassinated three Islamic Jihad leaders in Gaza with airstrikes, you know, hit their cars, took them out, and actually have now completely also added two more in the course of this week, five Islamic Jihad leaders have been killed. The idea is that they can take out the leadership of those terrorist organizations. Maybe they can calm things down. Well, that wasn't quite the case. The Islamic Jihad, right after they got done with the funerals, they started launching a whole salvo of rockets and mortars into Israel. The Iron Dome was able to take down 96% of them, but some of them got through. One of them hit the Israeli village of Rehavot, and it struck a house, and there was a gentleman that was in there who was not in his safe room at the time. It hit his house, destroyed his house, and killed him. Some 10 Israelis have been wounded in this exchange. Many more Palestinians have died in Gaza as a result. Interestingly enough, 20 of those missiles and rockets that were launched by Gaza didn't make it out of Gaza. They actually crashed in Gaza and killed four Palestinians in Gaza by their own hand. Others have been taken out. Weapons manufacturing facilities, launch points for the rockets have been hit. The, the control of the Islamic leadership, the places they've operated, they've been hit. And there's at least 190 targets in Gaza have been hit. Now, interestingly enough, 
Hamas, which is the majority group in Gaza, they're not involved. They are not launching rockets. They even have even more than Islamic Jihad. The difference is that Islamic Jihad takes orders from Iran. Hamas takes orders from the Palestinians. And it's clear that Iran is the one that's causing all the agitation with this organization in Israel. As I shared with you before, there is now a multi-front of Islamic proxies, Hezbollah in Lebanon. Some of Hezbollah is also down now in southern Syria. We have the PMU units for Iran that are in Syria as well as in Iraq. We have the Hutu rebels down in Yemen under the control of Iran. Basically, they surrounded Israel. And it's clear that Iran is building to the point where they want to have a war with Israel. They keep making the rhetoric of that type. Iran's throwing their weight around with regard to their nuclear weapon program, hijacking oil tankers in the Persian Gulf, threatening Israel in a whole variety of ways. There's an incredible number of interceptions that have been made by the border control people, as well as the IDF stopping terrorist plots that are taking place in Israel. Iran is behind all of it. The government of Israel has finally said enough is enough. They are now carrying out this operation called Shield and Arrow. They have told the United States and other people that this is going to be a long term. This is going to take a long time to do this. And, of course, the great threat is if the IDF gets involved in Gaza, protracted situation there, you know, what's it do for their northern border should Iran decide to send the others after Israel at the same time? Benjamin Netanyahu addressed that subject specifically and basically said to Iran that while they're going to be dealing with Gaza, that if Iran wants to have a war, basically, he said, let's do it. We're ready. So, you know, intimidating back to Iran. Of course, they're not going to back down because of Netanyahu's attempts at intimidation. The conflict is building and is continuing to increase. Now we have definite open warfare with Gaza as we speak. This is a very difficult situation for those that live in southern Israel. In fact, all the schools have been set down. Communities are staying near their safe houses at all times, no public gatherings, and it extends 25 miles away from the border with Gaza into the land of Israel. Even the communities of Tel Aviv and Beersheba, which are larger communities beyond that range, they're under alert. And in fact, there was one very large missile that was launched out of Gaza toward Tel Aviv, and for the first time, Israel used its David Sling missile to go against. Now, mostly they use Iron Dome, but this is their anti-missile missile, which is intermediate range. It can take in ICBMs. It can take in very high-flying missiles. They launched it for the very first time, and they got their very first operational kill. Wonderful system. Works really good. The problem is it only costs a million dollars to shoot one. And so the Iron Dome costs like $100,000 to shoot one. So they need to use Iron Dome because they'll spend themselves to death doing this. And part of the strategy of the Gaza terrorists and Iran is to, while Israel has this very good anti-missile system, it costs money and it's a way of getting Israel to expend their funds 
in that way. As long as the United States continues to stay friendly and assist Israel in resupplying with ammunition, Israel has a good chance of dealing with what's going on. However, as I shared with you last week, the United States has been taking some of the ammunition away from the main operating base sitting in the middle of Israel to support the Ukraine war, and there's some question about the Democrats now moving toward their taking an anti-Israel position, not wanting to support Israel with funding. And so the question of what the U.S. commitment is with regard to Israel is in question and going to continue to be in question in the near future. The ambassador of the United States to Israel did make a very strong public statement about Israel has the right to defend themselves. Egypt, of course, is trying to negotiate a ceasefire, and they've gone into the terrorists in Gaza trying to negotiate that with Israel. Israel's position is if they don't shoot, we won't shoot them, but if they shoot, we're going to shoot back. And at the moment, everybody's shooting. So it doesn't look like this is going to go away very soon. It's an open warfare at this point. The only question is, will Hamas get involved? If the IDF decides to take ground forces and go into Gaza to actually uproot the terrorist cells and destroy their infrastructure that they're using, Hamas probably will get involved. And so right now, Israel is only using airstrikes, drone strikes, and uh, artillery shells to deal with the Islamic Jihadist terrorists and their efforts to launch rockets and missiles into Israel. They have had some success in some very strategic targets, one in particular that was noteworthy. Israel determined that the Islamic Jihad had built an underground tunnel out of Gaza right up to the border where Israel was at. They detected it, they went in and bombed it and blew it to smithereens. So they continue to stay on top. Obviously, Israeli intelligence is playing a crucial role to keep track of what's going on in Gaza and at the same time be able to defend Israel. So that is what is happening this week, and you can anticipate in the course of this next week we're going to be hearing more about that. Let me change subjects, and let's talk a little bit about last week where we saw Last weekend, we saw King Charles being coronated. Since that, we have learned a couple of more things. In particular, when he, in his coronation ceremony, there was a part that was very private, where he went away from the public eye, went into a special room. He donned a linen garment, and he was then anointed with oil that came from the Mount of Olives. And he received his anointing to be king. What we have learned is that he was anointed to become the king of Israel. Now, isn't that fascinating? I thought he was the king of Great Britain, but apparently the anointing then. This is part of what most people don't know about and which the, the crown of Great Britain adheres to. It's the concept called divine right. If you go back and look at the history of the world, you know, there's this prophecy in the Bible that says that God will never lack for a man to be on David's throne. That's the concept behind divine right. In other words, God has decided who will be king. 
And that is the thing that had migrated into the Gentile church. And the emperors of the Holy Roman Empire used the concept of divine right, that God had chosen them to be in charge of the Holy Roman Empire that in fulfillment of that prophecy. That has made it all the way over to England. And King Charles, who has a lineage chart that says he is the son of David, has accepted this anointing to be the king of Israel, that he's the fulfillment of that prophecy. Well, needless to say, I can't give you a better example of one of the themes of what the Antichrist is to be. He is to be an imitator. He's to be a supplanter of the true Messiah. And the true Messiah of Israel is Yeshua of Nazareth, who came humbly. This man comes with ego. He is those themes of the anti-Messiah Messiah, and he's now received the anointing to be the king of Israel. Very soon, he's going to want to be the king of kings of all nations. We're watching him get ready to come to power. Now, just to add something that's just a little bit, I'm going to say, weird, but it's compelling when you hear it, it turns out that from the date of the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, his mother, to the date of King Charles' coronation, there have been six months, six weeks, and six days in time separation between the two. I'm not quite sure what to do with that, but I'll go ahead and let you ponder what the meaning of that is. In any case, that is our news for this week. Shabbat Shalom to all of you. Thank you, everyone, who listens to our podcast here at Line of Land Ministries. I want to remind you, you can get our podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, and wherever you like to download your podcast. Thank you for being a part of our program and listening to what we have to say.